Hi, welcome to the mental wellness journey. Discover the underlying causes of your physical and mental symptoms and finally heal. Today, I'm super excited to have Dr. Amy Apigian, who entire professional life is summarized by the summit. She addresses physical and emotional symptoms um, and has been successful in healing um, hundreds of people. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Amy. She has an MD, a master's in science, and a master's of public health. She's a physician, speaker, and founder of Trauma Healing Accelerated and, the fam and Family Challenge Camps. After a few years in a traditional general surgery residency in Portland, she decided to forge her career path as trauma, attachment, and addiction medicine physician. Inspired by her experience with adoption and foster care, her mission is to help others accelerate their healing of attachment trauma through evidence-based tools and experiences to, re to rewire the nervous system and change the belief systems of those struggling with attachment trauma. Having personally experienced the challenges of parenting a child with effects from attachment trauma, she's intensely invested in all on finding what actually works practically and the fastest to bring lasting change to those affected by trauma and attachment issues. After working, um, she has expanded her practice to address the downstream effects of attachment trauma, including addictions, chronic stress, and related health symptoms. In addition to her traditional medical training, she's also a functional medicine physician and has training and certification specifically in nutrition, genetics, mental health, mood, and behavioral disorders. Um, in search for what practically works, works for healing and how to accelerate that healing, she has a number of certifications in various trauma therapies, including instinctual trauma response model and art trauma therapy and somatic experience developed by Peter Levine. She enjoys working both with other women and adoptive foster biological family, families, reuniting families after periods of incarceration, addiction, or other emotional or physical separation. That is a long bio, but that is so much. And that's why I, I, I love, um, getting to meet you and know you and you're doing, I'm just in awe. So um, maybe tell, you just finished, you were just saying as we got on the phone um, or on the video that you just finished some additional um, certification or boards and that is in so I am a preventive medicine doctor. And so I was taking my boards in public health and preventive medicine so in all honesty, um, you have an amazing um, training, education, and resume. So tell, maybe share with us how you, um, what you're working on now, and then we'll go into sort of what got you started. Because I think your story is, well, not, you know, is, is similar to a lot of other people. Sure. Families. So right now, most of my work is focused both with addiction and substance use disorders, and then also working with women and moms as they're working to heal either themselves and um, make those changes happen in their life that have been very difficult to change, or they're working with their child who has emotional or behavioral problems 
and they're wanting to heal those and have that connection and relationship with them that they wanted to have when they became a mom. And so most of my work right now is focused on, okay, we, we know that we need to heal inside, but how can we make that process as fast as possible and have it last for the rest of our life so that we're not having to be in therapy the rest of our life. We're not having to continue to struggle with the same issue for the rest of our life, but can get back to or get to for the first time for some people to being our best self as fast as possible. I'm all about efficiency. And when it comes to trauma and rewiring in the past, that's been something that has not gone together in the same sentence, you know, efficiency and rewiring, but it can be done. And that's what I have spent my career now studying and practicing of exactly what can we do to make that process as fast as possible, but be lasting, last for the rest of a person's life. And when you say fast, um, in comparison, um, you know, my thing about therapy, sometimes that can be lifelong, which sure is uh, not very efficient. Um, so when you say fast, what do you, I mean, anything less than a lifetime is fast, but <laughs> what do you mean by fast? And I'm sure it depends, but. Yeah, so by fast, what, what I am seeing currently as possible is when we're working with a child, have significant change in their behaviors and their emotional regulation within two months. And when I'm working with an adult, it's phenomenal. Yes. Yes. Wow. Especially for moms who have been taking their children to different providers or therapists for years. And this has become years of problem and now kind of progressed to chaos in their home. And they feel like they've lost control to be able to regain that control and that peace in their home within two months has been phenomenal for them. That is phenomenal. Just because of my career, I've don't work directly with children, but I know hearing it from the parents' end. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And what age children are, we, are you talking about? Mostly I'm working with ages 2 to 10. Every once in a while, a mom will come and she'll beg me to work with her teenager. And that's a, that's a whole different category. Mm-hmm. And, and that takes longer. And it looks a little different because we've passed a certain age where, where mom is, you know, the most important person to them. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So ages two to 10 is where I know that I can guarantee a mom that if you do this program, if you work with me, it's going to be hard. It's going to be intensive. It's going to be a very intensive process, but we can have a completely different home in two months. And then my program is three months just because I want to be able to continue and maintain that implementation to make sure that what we've done sticks. And it's not just something that was nice in the moment, but now we're back to real life. I want this to be their real life. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe our, what about sharing how you got into this? Because you started out clearly a physician, a medical school, and then you went to surgical residency and It's not typical for a surgical resident to come this direction at all. So tell us how you got here. When when people meet me now, I want to tell them 
like, this is not who I was. Like, this is not how I started. This was not my choice per se to, to be this way. And so I still laugh when I think about what I was like in medical school. I was your typical medical school student. And I wanted, like, you know, which is like what? Cause I am very <laughs> familiar with that, but I don't know if other people are as familiar. Right. Very science focused. Right? Like the emotional stuff, I wanted nothing to do with emotional stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and even psychiatry was almost, you know, for me at the time, it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's a little too soft for me. Mm -hmm. and, and, and partly that's why I chose surgery of all um, fields in the beginning was because I was very focused on just medicine and science and getting results. And for me, that was surgery, right? Like, you do a surgery and there's your results. You don't have to wait as long as, as I saw like primary care or psychiatry having to do. Mm -hmm. And so even then I was very focused on efficiency <laughs> and, and I love surgery. Like I really, I really did love it. But my story started with really started with when I adopted my son mm -hmm. and I was also doing a master's in biochemistry when I was in medical school. And it was during that <laughs> time. I, I know, I know. I, like I said, the very science focused. <laughs> medical school was, it was an endurance test to me. Yes. It's just the sheer volume. Clearly everybody who goes to medical school has a, you know, are, are you know, high achievers, but I found it like it was an endurance test. So to add on top of it, <laughs> master's in biochemistry, um, that in itself is remarkable. Yes, but at the same time, like I was there for a few more years than is typical. So okay. sorry. <laughs> so I, I'm not I'm not as unique or I'm I'm not I'm not that stellar student necessarily. It was just something that I really loved. Like I love biochemistry. I love the science. I love understanding how it all works. And it was during that time that I adopted, started with foster parenting. And then that led into adopting the son that they had placed with me. And he was four when he first came to my home. And I did everything wrong because I thought I knew what I was doing. I thought that all you needed to do was just love on these children. They had been through such a hard life that what they really needed was just love. And so that is what I did. And I had to learn a lot of hard lessons and it, it cost me and it cost him time because I didn't start out the right way. And so I started to learn through experience and then that became my passion for studying, like what is going on in his brain? Why is he doing this? And that became like my focus and that became my everything was trying to understand what I discovered was attachment trauma at the root of his emotions and behaviors that were escalating as he got older. They were not getting better yes. as I had expected they would when I yeah. just was loving him. Right. So, right, right. So it, it, I started to learn all of this stuff. And what I was learning was how biological this was. This wasn't just emotional. This was actually how his nervous system had been wired 
from even in utero and what his mother was doing at that time that started the stress and started that tension and started that feeling of insecurity and I'm not safe in this world. And so then I started learning, you know, like, okay, well, what do I need to do at this point now that he's five, six, seven, what do I need to do to rewire that? Is that even possible? And for me, a big heartbreak was going to my people, right? My people being the conventional medicine and psychiatrists and asking them, you know, look, seeking help from them. And all I got was there's no hope for him. They all turn out bad. Um, he's probably going to just end up in jail, probably juvenile, you know, hall. And, and so, and you know, just, when they're telling you this, he was five at the time, mm -hmm. oh my God. which is true. Like those are the statistics. And now that I understand trauma, like, of course, those are the statistics, unless it's rewired, that is your whole way of operating and, and seeing the world. And so I became very intent on learning how to rewire trauma. And at the time, there was not much information. And so it became my study. And then once I started gaining some tools and seeing a real difference, then I started family camps and sharing that with other families. And it was interesting because it was not just adoptive or foster families who were coming to the camps. It was biological families. And some of them recognized that their children had been through early stress, say that they had been through a separation or been placed in several daycares or for whatever reason, they had a clear attachment trauma mm -hmm. in their early life. But for many, like they didn't know why their child had insecure attachment or these emotional behavioral issues. They just knew they needed help. And they saw that the families who were coming to the camps we're making such significant improvements in a short amount of time with the intense, the intensive program that we were creating for them. So that started my journey. And then what I started to realize was I had these attachment trauma patterns in my biology. And I started to notice this in my work and how I would respond to certain situations and this, these intense feelings of anxiety and panic and insecurity when certain situations would happen. And it started to really affect my ability to do my job well, to communicate well with people. And now that I was aware of what this was, I, I knew that I needed to do some work. So then I started studying, okay, well, if, it, if we can rewire in children, I don't know, can we rewire in adults or is it too late? And at that time, I also started to have some health problems, autoimmune, digestive, um, some pain issues. And as I started my study in adults, I realized at the root of all of that is early childhood attachment stuff and, and your attachment style, whether insecure attachment or secure attachment. And so it all became crystal clear to me that, my goodness, I've been affected by this. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily understand why, but I can see that in my biology, this is how I'm wired and what do I do about it? And so that's where kind of my study and my practice has now expanded to include women who as adults are now doing the work to rewire and heal themselves and get to that place where they feel secure inside of themselves and can show up in the world 
engage, be fully alive and not have their coping mechanisms of numbing or whatever, whatever their coping mechanisms are to, to deal with these trauma patterns as they show up. And it, what I love about what you're saying is you're not just approaching it from one perspective. It's not just the psychological. It's, you know, um, it's the neural, uh, the nervous system, but you have a systemic perspective of that. And it sounds like you really are addressing things on so many levels, which is what we all strive to do, but you're actually doing it in all honesty. Cause that, you know, that's why <laughs> I'm such a fan already. I mean, you're doing what we all talk about doing and, you're focused on results and you're focused on results almost more, not that you're not science because you clearly are, but you're really focused on results too. So yeah, tell me, so you work with families and children, you work with um, women. How did the two other than um, with the women being mothers, how did the, are there, is there any connection between the two? And that's actually my newest discovery, Dr. Goldman, which I'm super excited about. Uh, so this is not something that I've shared with anybody else yet. So you're the first one for me to share okay. this. <laughs> we, we, that's great. We have an inside scoop. Yes. Yes, you're getting the inside scoop. And what, what I have discovered lately is that when, when I'm working with a mom, I'm asking her to become a certain type of mom in order to do the healing work for her child with her child. And there's a lot of change that happens inside of her in that process. It's not just about changing the child. <laughs> the mom, it's not, it's not. And, and so I actually work with the mom and show her what to do with her child. I am not working directly with her child. Mm -hmm. I am teaching her the skills and the regulation skills and, and all of, all of that, right. That whole uh, systemic approach that you talked about. I'm teaching her that because I need her to be the agent of healing for her child. Since that's where the disruption occurred. I don't want the child forming a bond with me. Right, <laughs> I right. want the child forming a bond with their mom. That's where the real difference and shift is going to happen. But as I'm working with moms, I'm noticing more and more they're uncomfortable with that. They're, they're often uncomfortable with stepping into their strength and for lack of a better word, their power. Mm -hmm. They're, they hold back. They, they really feel uncomfortable when, when I'm asking them to show up in a room and, and take charge in a, in a loving, kind way, but, sure. but, you know, be the leader, be the boss, be the direction. And, and so I'm realizing, wait a second, I need to work with the moms and some of their patterns before I can ask and expect them to be able to do this with their child. You're doing what we all strive to do. Um, what if, so with the moms, are you finding the trauma? Um, well, how does that, yeah, the, tell me about trauma and what do you mean by trauma? 
and then how, you know, and what is it affecting? Because, you know, I know there's lots of different kinds of trauma. So what do people, what, what can you explain that a little bit more? Absolutely. And I'm glad you're asking that question because when I use the, the term attachment trauma, many people will tell me, oh, I don't have that. <laughs> and I'm looking at them and saying, yes, you have that. We're just not using the same word, but, but I'm seeing that pattern in your health or in your behaviors, whatever it is. So when we talk about attachment, we really are just talking about your basic attachment style. And so very simply put, a person at 12 months of life, at one year of age, they already have their attachment style determined. And this is based on both their biology and their environment. So it's nature and nurture. And we can go more into that as well, if you like. But at one year of age, their nervous system is wired for either security or feeling insecure. Mm-hmm. And when the nervous system is wired for insecurity because of the impact that that has on the rest of their health, their digestive system, their cardiovascular system, their hormonal system, because of that impact, we call that a trauma because it overwhelms the body's ability to respond and maintain what we would call homeostasis or a healthy balance. And so a person can call it insecure attachment and I call it attachment trauma. <laughs> okay. Same thing, but I like, to, I like to call it a trauma just so that they understand how much this is wired into their body and into their nervous system and the impact that it has on their life. It's not something that you can just snap out of or decide one day that, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore or I'm going to change that about myself. And, and that was it. Like, no, this is a trauma. This is a form of PTSD. And it doesn't just go away when you decide that you want it to go away. It, it takes a lot of intentional work to rewire attachments, trauma, or insecure attachment. That, yeah, that's, and what about, so, so you have these kids that have some sort, you know, the attachment trauma, and then um, you have the mothers who may have their own issues, as you said, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why you're working with the mom. How, um, how, how does, um, cause I think there's another fascinating piece of this is when people use substances to kind of self-medicate or, um, when they talked about your son potentially being incarcerated, how, how did that, how does that correlate? How does that come in? Because, yeah. And you talked about addictions, which mm-hmm. is so prevalent and it can be, mm-hmm. you know, drugs, alcohol, food, It could be so many things. Yes. So how insecure attachment and attachment trauma shows up in kids is a lot of disrespect. So that's actually one of the most common things that we see. And we know that this child is operating from a place of insecurity. And when we look at a child's behaviors, I mean, that's, that's where they will tell you very loud and clear what, belief system they're operating from. 
And so when a person has an insecure attachment or attachment trauma, they have a certain belief system. The world is not a safe place. Mm -hmm. They are not going to be okay unless they are in control of everything. People cannot be trusted, let alone adults or those in authority. And so when you look at their belief system that they may not even be conscious of, their behaviors are going to reflect that belief system. And so when we look at children with um, anxiety or um, outbursts, rages, or how are they handling school and a classroom? What are their relationships like with other people? Do they make friends easily? Are they picking the bad crowd? Whatever their behaviors, we can kind of trace back from there. Well, if that's what they're doing, what would they believe about themselves, about their parents, about the world? And so when we see that a child is operating and has behaviors consistent with that type of belief system, bingo, like we've, we've got our root cause of their behaviors, but then also a lot of times they have health problems already that will decrease when we do this work of rewiring them for a secure attachment. So a lot of them have allergies and asthma and digestive issues and stomach pain. And it's amazing because all of that is directly connected and orchestrated with the nervous system. Once we calm the nervous system down, so much of that goes away. So that even includes a lot of the mood and mental health stuff, whether they're having anxiety or depression, whatever it is, as, as we're able to calm the nervous system down and get it into what we call a window of tolerance, which is your parasympathetic system, which is, you know, your, what other people would call your rest and relax, you're fully connected, you're engaged, the social engagement system. Once we can get your nervous system there or a child's nervous system there, so many other things just fall away. Mm -hmm. And so when people will come to me and say, oh, but my child's been diagnosed with ADD and OCD or uh, oppositional defiant disorder, and so they want to start these medications, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Before we start medications, let's do this two or three month intensive program. And if after that, your child still needs medications, go for it. But first, let's establish a new baseline with their nervous system and their need for medication may go away, which of course we know that the medications are often associated with some strong side effects. And so if we can avoid those, all the better. Not to mention the label, the lifelong label. Yes, yes. So I am assuming, I don't know for a fact, that if a mother comes to her regular physician and describes what you're saying, most likely, look, that's not possible. They'll be very dogmatic about the label and the need for medicine. And I'm here to say, and I want to scream loud and clear, um, you are so on target. There are so many, the nervous system and rewiring that. Don't look at, especially a child. Um, Mm -hmm. There's, you know, there's so much that can be done. There's so much neuroplasticity. Yes. Neuroplasticity. Um, So don't accept the label and the medicine. I mean, and there's so many parents come and they, their instinct is to say, no, that doesn't fit. So I'm sorry. I love to hear you say that. Yes. And part of why we're able to accelerate a person's healing is because we optimize the neuroplasticity of their nervous system. 
And so kind of going back to adults and, and even some kids, I would say that there, there is a genetic component of trauma. And that's kind of one of my newer things too, where I'm realizing that one's biology can predispose someone to experiencing life events as a trauma because their biology is less able to handle it. Uh, in other words, maybe they're a more sensitive person, <laughs> right? But um, <laughs> yeah, well, but their their yeah, their genetics can can predispose them to f- experiencing something as overwhelming. And then if they have that biology and they experience something as overwhelming, then they go on in life and now they're an adult and they're unable to make progress in therapy because there is no neuroplasticity with their nervous system. They're, they're not able to rewire and they get stuck in their healing. And so this is what I cover in my foundations course with the, with the women is how do we identify what biological imbalances you have so that we can optimize your neuroplasticity and that way whatever work we do from here forward you're actually able to rewire and not get stuck like you have been in the past that's again again it really really is profound so tell me what when women so some women come to you because of their children but some women realize that they're stuck and this might be happening. What are some of the things women describe that come to see you? Um, that is it that they're just stuck in um, therapy or what other kinds of things and who, who comes and finds you? Cause there should be a lot more finding you. Well, early childhood adversity and all of the A studies has done a great job of correlating the diseases that a person can have when they reach adulthood that are associated with their early childhood adversity. And And I know what ACE, I think you said ACE score, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So this would be a person's ACE score, which again, ACE stands for adverse childhood experience. Okay. And it's a standardized um, way to measure or quantify Yes. Yes and no. Yes and no. I don't, I don't want people going out and doing their A score and then, and then thinking like, that's it. Like if they don't have an, an, a high A score, then I must be fine. (laughs) The A score does not, does not measure certain um, really important elements. And this will be the attachment stuff. They do not measure attachment. And so a person, they're only measuring stressful events like, Uh, Did your parents divorce? Did you have one parent in jail? Did you have a parent who had a substance use disorder? So yes, those are definitely stressors in childhood. But what if you didn't? And like me, you didn't have any of those things, but yet you have the biology of the patterns of attachment trauma. So that's, that's where I'll come back to now is when I first started my functional medicine training, and they really teach us to look for that root cause, right? Not just slap a medication on it, <laughs> but look for the root cause. And I'm starting to see adults in general primary care, and I'm looking at their uh, life stories. And what I am seeing is trauma. And I'm seeing stress, chronic stress, and early childhood attachment trauma patterns in their health. And by that, I mean, I'm seeing different autoimmune stuff. I'm seeing digestive stuff. I'm seeing what I call the footprints 
of attachment trauma. And so then as I start to work with them and I do a few tools to really look at how their nervous system is wired and then it all comes out. Like I see their underlying emotional insecurity. And so that's what got me on this path of, wait a second. Yes, I'm a functional medicine doctor, but I think that the root cause is actually further downstream than what most of functional medicine is looking at still at this point. Mm -hmm. And that downstream is the attachment trauma and how the nervous system is wired because in that first year of life, your nervous system is still being developed. It's not developed yet. And so if it's being developed in this bubble uh, bath of insecurity, then that's how your whole health moving forward is going to develop. And so we can expect, we can expect you to have certain health problems as you grow older. And yes, a lot of those are the mental health. So depression, anxiety, panic, um, even bipolar, borderline, all of those things have some connection with attachment trauma. But then you have physical health. And for some, this is fatigue. So uh, for me, like the big ones are chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, are the big ones that have the attachment trauma written all over them. And that's where I go first. And then you have even things like autoimmune conditions, arthritis, um, even thyroid stuff. Any autoimmune condition is correlated with the adverse childhood experiences. And so we look for those footprints of the attachment trauma in their physical health. And when we, again, when we do the work and we can rewire their nervous system and calm it back down, the degree of their symptoms of the physical health condition that they have decrease. And they often need less medication if not if they're able to get off of their medication entirely, just because we've turned off one of the faucets that can, continues to pour that inflammation into the problem. Right. Wow. So what are some of the, how does one rewire? That's, a I, great, that's, that's like, right. That's the big question, question now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we know that we need to rewire. How do we actually do that? <laughs> And like, and like you said, like it's, it's a very comprehensive systemic approach and that's what allows us to actually do the rewiring mm -hmm. and able to accelerate that process. And so we're not just looking at one psychology and having them sit in a chair or on a couch and asking them to, you know, uh, reframe the stories of their past or whatever form of therapy that, that their therapist is doing with them. But it's, it's actually taking their biology and saying, okay, how is this insecurity showing up in your biology? And so this is where I do utilize some of the trauma therapies that I have learned because I've seen them be very effective. And being all about results, I kind of throw anything out that I don't see making that big of a difference. And I hang on to those things that I see making I a big difference. I love it. I really love it. Mm -hmm. So I incorporate a lot of those trauma therapies at this point early on, just so that we can have kind of something to put out the fire, knowing that the fire will, you know, continue to pop up and simmer, but we've been able to calm down the fire in the short term. And then we work on figuring out, okay, now how can we decrease your overall inflammation? Where is most of your inflammation happening in your body? Is it in your gut? Is it in your head? 
where, where is that and, and what can we do to bring that down? So we're looking at their nutrition. We're looking at their diet. We're looking at supplements. We're looking at their lifestyle. We're looking at their sleep. Uh, these are all things that we know directly impact the nervous system. And so if the nervous system is feeling at all like it's under threat in any way because it's sleep deprived, because it's uh, being fed foods that they're sensitive to, because it has some inflammation to fight somewhere in the body, whatever it is, if the nervous system senses a threat, it's going to stay in that survival state no matter what we do with one's psychology. And so it really is looking at their biology, that strong component as what can we do to calm down the nervous system biologically and then optimize it for its ability to change or its neuroplasticity. I love, I love this. So women that come, are they coming? Um, they don't most, I would imagine most women don't come say I have an attachment um, trauma. Um, what, you know, how would a woman recognize herself? Um, you know, what would, how else would you describe it other than attachment trauma? Cause nobody goes, I won't have an attachment trauma. <laughs> no, in fact, most of the women who start my women's take charge of my trauma course don't recognize at all that they have any attachment trauma. And it's not until we do the freeze session that they, cause freeze is a strong component of attachment trauma. And it's not until we do that session that they, that they see those patterns in themselves. <laughs> so we get to that point where they realize that, wait a second, my other traumas at the root of those kind of compounding that was this attachment trauma that I didn't even realize I had. So most of them are coming to me because they have had other traumas that they do recognize in life. Okay. And haven't been able to really recover well. They're not able to get back to their happy, joyous self that they want to be. Others are having problems in their relationship. Okay. And they're realizing that they just, for some reason, always shut down when they're trying to communicate with a certain person. And so they recognize that, hey, shutting down is a trauma pattern. I don't know why I do it, <laughs> but I know that I do it. And other, other women come because they realize that they have coping mechanisms, whether like you were mentioning with the addictions, whether they're um, binge eating, overeating, or doing other types of um, acting out in ways that help calm their anxiety, but they don't want to do that anymore, but can't seem to stop. And so this is, this is what they usually come for is realizing that they have something that's going on in their life, something that they do, something that they react to mm -hmm. and they want to change it and have not been able to change that. And when you say people have other trauma on top of it, what do they, what kinds of traumas on top of it do they have that they sure. would identify easier? easier yeah. You know, easier, so this, easier than attachment trauma. The difficult thing with attachment trauma is that it's not something that you have a memory of, right? right? Like you don't really remember your first year of life. <laughs> you don't remember, you know, like, oh, my mom did this to me. Like, you don't remember that. Right. And, and so it's, it's something that's very difficult to place your finger on unless you have been told that certain things happen to you. And so other memories that people have expressed that they will come in for is um, they were sent away to a boarding school when they were a kid. And for them, that was very traumatic. And they've never really been able to get past that and to do well in relationships. 
For others, it's been a sexual trauma and they just haven't been able to, um, again, you know, get back to a place where they feel safe and secure. They, they still feel like they're shut down and constricted. And for other people, it's been, you know, I'm at my workplace and every single time my boss comes to talk to me, I freeze and my mind goes blank and I can't even think of what to say. Okay, we've got stuff to work with there. That last sentence was great because <laughs> that is so many people. So many so, people. And I, I see in my office just the way you're describing it. It's like, wow. So how do people, like, how do you work with people? Or I'm saying people, but women. You say a women's group. So tell me, um, you're in California, but do you work with them in your office? Do you work with them with Zoom, online? And how do they find you? So I am mostly working online now with women so that we can kind of work with women across the world. Right now we have a woman in Italy and Hawaii who are in the same online women's group. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, they're 12 hours apart and I'm kind of right in the middle and, and we make it work. <laughs> so I do. I have an online women's take charge of my trauma course. And we have a level one that's their foundation course where we go over all of this biology and put all of the biology in place. It involves a lot of experiments, a lot of tracking to really figure out what is most helpful for their body to, again, just optimize their nervous system's ability to rewire itself. And then we go into the actual psychology and belief systems. And with that, I'm using a lot of the internal family systems approach along with the somatic experiencing. So that's where we're actually getting our hands dirty with the psychology side and the foundations courses, the biology side. So that is, that is the bulk of my, of my work with women right now is the online group that's, that's ongoing. And um, what was I going to say? When you talked about children two to three months because their brains are developing and they're much more plastic, and then what about with adults? How do you, I know you're, you love results. So um, how long does it take? Well, even in the foundations course, when we start making changes to their nervous system, we see, we start to see results. So they should expect to get results within the first week of our work together with the online course. And then every say that again? Yeah. Yeah. So every week we're tackling a different topic that directly affects their nervous system and it builds on itself. So in the very first session, they're going to be learning different tools and techniques to make a difference right there. And then within two minutes, how to calm your nervous system back down, no matter what it is that you're experiencing, whether a flare up in your, in your arthritis or a panic attack or a severe, you know, severe sadness and heaviness, whatever it is, like, like this is what you do to bring that down. So just starting that way with their tools, they're going to be able to feel a significant difference within that first week. And then they're going to be experimenting with the different elements that we talk about in each of the classes so that they're seeing a difference all along the way. And by the end of the two months, yeah, they have so much more control over their health and their mood than when they started. And that for them is so hopeful because now they, they feel empowered. They have some choice and that's what trauma takes away from us. It, it has taken away our choice. We just kind of 
are at the whim of whenever it decides to show up. <laughs> right. And when a doctor labels you PTSD, yes. which is, you know, it's amazing how many people I diagnose with PTSD and it's a sort of, without being too, it's a wastebasket term. I mean, right. you know, but right. people take an identity with that and they shouldn't because it's not, it's something you can do. Medicines just sort of calm it down, but it doesn't, change it. Yeah. The medicines do not rewire. The medicines do not change. And so a lot of people experience the, the effects of the medication and, and they describe it as feeling um, just kind of like everything's dampened down and they don't like that feeling, right? Cause then it dampens down their joy. It dampens down their happiness. And so they just kind of feel like they're just dull and flat and so there's a lot of non-compliance with those medications and I get it. I wouldn't want to take a medication that sure it dampens down the panic, but I don't feel anything now. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, again, when people are talking about, you know, underlying causes and addressing that versus what, um, you know, conventional psychiatrists and mental health professionals offer. Um, I mean, um, I, again, just don't, they don't have to be satisfied with what a conventional psychiatrist or, um, therapist is saying they need because there's so many other pieces to yes. it. Yes. Um, and that's what your work is all about. And that's, you know, my mission is to make everybody understand you don't accept the label. There's so much more you can do. And our brain is plastic. Um, and you can change it and it can grow and you don't have to accept the stigma. Um, you, you have power over it. Don't, um, and you can change it. I mean, that's why, um, I'm doing this online series. Right. Yeah. And if I hadn't been able to do this for myself, I wouldn't have anything to share or to study, but having seen how much it was affecting my life. I mean, I got to the point where I couldn't even get out of bed because I had absolutely no energy and my autoimmune markers were high. Like I could tell that my health was going very fast in the wrong direction. And I was afraid of losing the life that I did love. I love to get out in the mountains and hike and bike and be active. And now I was bed bound. Like this was, this was not life to live. And so when I started, um, I mean, it, it, it became, my need to figure this out for myself. And yeah, I see that, you know, with all the changes that I've been able to make, I am not on any medications anymore. I've been able to wean off the antidepressants and anti-anxiety stuff that they had started me on back then that I didn't know better. I didn't have any other tools at the time, but, and I'm, and I'm living life. Like I'm out hiking and biking every morning with my dog. (laughs) Like I'm, I've been able to get to regain my life and pull it back from where it was headed because it was headed down a very dark place that felt very hopeless and it was not a life that I wanted to live. And so, yeah, like there, you don't have to accept what they're telling you. And they told me that there was nothing that I could do. It didn't matter what I ate. It didn't matter this. And I'm like, "Ah, ah." there's something about that, that it doesn't sound right. I had done enough work with my son to know that, no, what you eat does make a big difference. And so then I just had to go and figure out, okay, how do I, how do I regain control over my health and my life? And, and all of that for me came down to mastering 
the trauma patterns and what my nervous system needs in order to rewire that and to change. Yeah. Uh, it's always a good sign when I want to sign up for your course. Um, <laughs> um, and, I'm not, and I'm not on here. I'm not here to, I'm really not here to, no offense, to promote you specifically. Right. I'm really here to give um, people the information and the understanding. Yes. Yes. Um, but that's how much, you know, in my experience and the variety I see that I am impressed by what you're doing. Um, and I want people to hear that loud and clear. If we're, we need, we're coming to a, like, a t you know, our end, but what is there, if there's one thing that you could have people remember, it's always so hard because you've done so much and you know so much, but how would you summarize um, what, like kind of the take that they used to call medical school, the take home point. Um, what is the one thing you'd love people to remember? I think for me, looking at my situation and the majority of the women that I work with, so many of them come in having no idea that their mood, their emotion, reactions, their tendencies to shut down, <laughs> to react, whatever, whatever their situation is, how much of that is biological. It's, it's their biology. It's how their nervous system is wired. And when it's biological, there's so much that we can do in order to change that and rewire that. And so it's bio, it's not all biological, right? It's, it's both biological and psychological, but when we can then address both of them, that's when we can have healing that will last for the rest of their life and really give them that ability to be their best selves in the world and do what they want to do. That's wonderful. Um, how do people get in touch with you? And I think you also have a, um, a free gift or a free offer. I do. So I've written a document for them, like a, a free ebook. Okay. where I go over this biology and psychology and how to address both of those in order to, again, my whole purpose is not just to heal, but to accelerate that healing and get a person back to their best self as quickly as possible. And so I have, yeah, I have that free ebook to offer and okay. that will then also lead them to the website trauma healing accelerated com where they can find more information and get in touch with me and yeah ask questions if they have those okay dr amy thank you so much it's been so valuable and clearly i'm extremely supportive of what you're doing and i i love what you're doing so thank, thank you. you thank you it's a real honor to to hear that from you dr goldman <laughs>